Gary Brubaker is the Chief Investment Officer of the Washington State Investment Board. He's been at the top for 18 years, and 2019 will be his last full year with the fund. He will retire at the end of the year, but he's sticking around long enough to join us in May, when CIO will honor him with a Lifetime Achievement Award at the 2020 CIO Summit event. Gary's an industry powerhouse, as his tenure is a rarity in the CIO business, and he's known for his impressively steady top decile performance. He's also today's guest on the CIO podcast. I'm Chris Butera, and today, Gary Brubaker is going to talk about what he did during the financial crisis, some of his challenges and hobbies, and chat a little bit about what he learned from a close friend when he replaced him as Washington CIO. It's hard to believe 2008 was more than a decade ago, and we're right at the end of the longest bull run in economic history. Gary's strong investment beliefs helped the Washington State Pension Plan weather the storm, even though his board might not have agreed with his strategy at the time. Opportunistically and with some degree of humility, I worked very closely with our board to ensure we always had their support and with staff to make sure that we were making the best of a bad situation when we needed to uh, get liquidity and taking advantage of investment opportunities as we could. A crisis is a great opportunity to test both your beliefs and your discipline, or perhaps it's just a test of your true character. But do you really have a long-term perspective, or is that just something that you say when markets are up and life is easy? As Martin Luther King said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. You need to have the most conviction when markets are going against you and people are publicly questioning whether what you've done is right. Clearly, you have to test your own thinking to see whether or not you've gotten some things wrong. But for the most part, that's when you're going to really reinforce your own conviction. I've also always believed that investors should never waste a good crisis. There are always opportunities, but especially in a crisis. For instance, during the financial crisis of 2008 and 9, some large public funds with private market investments publicly asked their general partners to stop calling capital. They didn't have the liquidity to make the capital calls without making some difficult trades. Investing is very much a relationship business. So we took this opportunity to call each of our core partners in private equity, and we told them that we had committed to them that we would be here when they needed to call capital, and we reinforced that we would be good for that commitment. So we took this opportunity to deepen those relationships with them. It's something they still remember. As for current challenges, Brubaker is constantly struggling with an issue that's all too familiar with public pension plans, holding on to a good team. There's other elements that keep him up at night as well. Here's what the CIO is currently facing and how he can keep his staff and in turn the fund and its members happy. I sleep pretty well at night. I mean, at least as well as anyone can that's 64 years old. Although I have to say, I like Chris Ailman's answer to that question when he was asked during the 2007-08 financial crisis. He said he sleeps like a baby. He wakes up crying every two hours. During the crisis, there was actually an element of truth in this joke. 
The challenges include maintaining the discipline of our strategic direction. I have to say no to many opportunities and invitations for involvement in order to stay focused and to keep our priorities aligned. Uh, recognizing the importance of managing non-financial risks, such as you know, legislative risk, ESG issues, reputational risks generally involving events that quite frankly are out of our control, and the need to balance changes and advancements, but without overreacting or overcommitting to unproven shiny things. Also the challenge of accepting change rather than remaining entrenched in a legacy practice just for the sake of doing so. But I believe one of the biggest challenges is always recruiting, developing, and retaining the core investment talent relative to our investment staff. Hiring and retaining the best staff will always get more complicated going forward. We expend a lot of resources on the hiring decisions and the creation of the development plans for our staff to get it right. A related challenge over the last five years for us specifically has been the deep work that we've done on succession planning as we face a number of upcoming retirements. We have a really long of the three G's that we use, but basically when we're recruiting, it takes us longer than perhaps some funds because we pay at or below the average pay. And that's just by definition. We also live in a bonus-free environment. It's difficult to get the right people in here, but we put a lot of emphasis in doing that in recruiting. We look for people, we call them three Gs, the people that are green, people that are fresh out of school. We'll try to get a certain mix of those people. We train those people. Many times they'll stay with us. They have a lot of loyalty to the organization. We also look for people who are grounded, people who have some reason to want to be in this area. For instance, our head of risk management, she had a great job working for the Gates Foundation in Seattle. And then her and her husband wanted, decided they wanted to have children. Fortunately for us, her family was from Olympia, so she wanted to move back down here. We hired somebody away from CalSTRS because they had family members in the area and they wanted to move to Washington as a matter of quality of life decision. And then the third G is the gray, and it's people towards the end of their career that they've made their money. So the fact that we are paying at or below average is not a detrimental issue for them. They've made their money. They just want to go somewhere where they can make a difference. Once we've hired the staff, we do all that we can to develop the staff, not only in formal training, but also in the opportunities that we give them. If you come to work for the Washington State Investment Board, you'll be doing things in the first three to four years. But if you go to work for Goldman, you'll be there 15 years before you get to do those things. When Gary came aboard to the fund, he had to learn a lot. Before he got his long-standing gig, Brubaker was the Deputy State Treasurer of Oregon, where he oversaw the $74.5 billion Oregon Investment Council. Calster's CIO, Chris Ailman, was the Washington Investment Board's chief before Brubaker, before leaving for California's now $233.9 billion plan. Ailman gave him some advice, and the two remain friends to this day. Chris is a talented and highly visible leader in our industry, and I have a great deal of respect for him. Chris is a, a close friend of mine. He had excellent advice for me when I started here at the Washington State Investment Board, although it was really more around the politics and the government specific to our program than relating to the investment side, but it was extremely valuable advice nonetheless. Chris is the one that got me hooked on In-N-Out Burgers. He also had great advice on local lakes given that we're both avid boaters, so I certainly appreciated that, too. 
I'm not sure my wife appreciates him getting me hooked on In-N-Out burgers. I hope my role here in Washington has been a matter of taking something which was already good and making it great with the help of my team. But the work never stops. I believe we have the momentum in place for continuous improvement even after the current leadership has left. Probably the most important thing I had to learn was to hire people smarter than me. A CIO is only as good as the investment staff and the partners with whom they're able to surround themselves. And we're really blessed here at the Washington State Investment Board. We have a great team, which consists of 46 investment professionals that work with me. And collectively, we have 85 college degrees, 37 certificates, mostly CFAs, and over 892 years of investment experience. But I also had to learn that you can never stop learning. One of the most exciting aspects of my job also creates one of the biggest challenges. The profession and what you need to be successful in it is changing every day, and you have to evolve with it. And finally, to manage equally up and down the organization and always be humble. To be successful, you have to earn the respect of both the board and your staff. I don't think there were hard lessons as much as there were certainly helpful lessons. And I think overall, it's this business of asset management is more about people than about money. It's about relationships more than transactions. It's about long-term outcomes more than incremental performance. I found out my mom was right. If you have a job you enjoy, you never have to agonize about going to work the next day. Being a four-decade mainstay in the asset owner industry, the Washington State CIO has seen much change across the investment landscape. He's seen a lot of progress in both portfolio and organizational structure, and he enjoys watching the advancement of environmental, social, and governance-based investing. It certainly has changed significantly in the 41 years I've been doing this. The changing state of the private markets, especially for Washington, given our large commitment from private markets, has represented the biggest change. And as you know, my background is I came from Oregon, which also has a large allocation of private markets, although not as large as ours. Private market investing, especially private equity, has undergone immense change during my career. The number of both general partners and limited partners has grown tremendously. General partners have gone public and significantly increase the number of their product offerings. We've seen general partners change their investment strategy from financial engineering to value creation, along with exponential development and institutionalization of the investment process in this market segment. Advancement has included more formalization of the 100-day plans, improved investment advisory roles, and in some cases, establishing those roles where they didn't even exist, and expanded proactive communication around the investment process. I believe private market investing will continue to be the best opportunity for generating the strongest investment returns, but I also believe these markets will continue to grow exponentially in terms of complexity and challenge. Looking to the future of private markets, I believe limited partners will need to dedicate more resources to performing due diligence, and at the end of the day, Relationships will continue to be the major determining factor in generating alpha in these markets. General partners will continue to experience increasing competition from other general partners as well as from strategic buyers. And limited partners will continue to experience increasing competition from each other 
for investment capacity and the best funds, and we'll continue to face challenges in maintaining that proper alignment of interest with our general partners. And finally, in terms of asset management in general, I really look forward to ESG issues being recognized and integrated into the investment process alongside every other relevant investment risk, rather than being the basis for new product initiatives and or marketing efforts. And I also look forward to seeing a better equilibrium between defined contribution and defined benefit plans so that both are recognized as vital to a healthy retirement program. You don't stay CIO for 18 years without innovations, and Brubaker has a few career highlights he'd like to mention. Top investment performance would be number one. In fact, let me say that again. Top decile investment performance. Solid discipline in everything that we do. A myopic focus on beneficiaries. What will help them became the basis for all of our decisions. We transitioned the investment organization from no formal annual planning at all to complete tactical and strategic planning discipline in every asset class updated and adopted by the board every year. We increased board involvement at a strategic level. We built a robust private markets investment capability, including very, very tailored approaches to private equity, real estate, and tangible assets. They're all private markets, but we approach each of them very differently from the others. As I mentioned earlier, we hired, developed, and retained great people in every asset class, and we built a robust risk management focus. When he does eventually ride off into the sunset, Gary will leave behind a successful track record with some big shoes to fill. He's confident in his successor and has some parting advice for whomever takes his place. This would be pretty simple, I think. It's discipline and focus are critical for a successful investment organization. I would also generally advise them that a career in managing public pension assets is one of the best opportunities you could possibly have. Every day is different than the day before. The work becomes more challenging every year and keeps you engaged, and you get to make a difference in people's lives. At the end of the day, it's all about performance. After all, the results ease the financial strain for beneficiaries, employers, and taxpayers, and it's required for the pensions to be sustainable. Recruiting, developing, and retaining talent is absolutely essential because it's the driver of the performance. And you have to recognize risk as both an opportunity and a threat, and more importantly, you have to know the difference. And you will know if you're successful. You can't hide from investment results. After all, it's recorded every single day. And when you manage other people's money, there's no shortage of people watching how you're doing, and they are more than happy to let you know if you're falling short. At the core, Brubaker is a family man. Part of the reason why he got into the business of helping workers retire is from his mother, who was a prominent role model in his life. My work has always been in the public sector, and my drive to make a difference really developed at a young age. I was raised by a single mother who worked her way up in state government in Oregon, from an entry-level administrative position to the head of central payroll for the entire state of Oregon while raising three kids. So she set an example for me that has always guided my aspirations. And it may sound a little cliche, 
but I focus on securing the financial security for hardworking public servants like my mother when I am managing over $130 billion on six continents in 76 different countries within 49 different currencies with over 15,000 unique investments. The financials are really about the people more than the dollars. But for every dollar of excess alpha that we earn, that's 50 cents a beneficiary doesn't have to pay into their own retirement and 50 cents that government or taxpayers don't have to pay. Once he ends his run with the fund, Gary has a pretty cool array of plans, starting with his wife, kids, and grandkids. He's also got some really interesting hobbies that he looks forward to spending more time on. I intend to spend somewhere between less and no time in airports. My family made a lot of sacrifices while I built my 42-year career in investment management. And I've missed a lot of special family events while I traveled the globe on investment business. Consequently, I have one main goal as I move into this next chapter of life. I want to focus on being the best husband, father, grandfather, and friend I can be. I want to do this partially to make up for having missed those special events and partially because I believe I'm going to love doing it. The answer to this question really falls into one of four main activities. Investing time with my kids and grandkids, water sports such as wake surfing, boating, and scuba diving, investing in classic American muscle cars, and best of all, anything that involves a combination of these. I have one boat. I have a Mastercraft. I have uh, one Wave Runner. It's a Yamaha Wave Runner. I have a uh, 1981 CJ5 Jeep with a 400 horse LT1. I have a Mustang convertible. I've got an Audi SQ5. And I have a Dodge truck, a big black Dodge truck with 35 inch wheels and tires that my sons and especially my grandsons absolutely love. My favorite has got to be the convertible Mustang. I saw a 1969 Camaro for sale in Portland, Oregon last month, and it comes with a signed guitar from Alice Cooper. It used to be one of Alice Cooper's cars. He has actually quite a collection, too, down in Arizona. I actually hear very good things about him in terms of his generosity, and, and he's just a nice guy. Thanks for checking out the CIO podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from Gary Brubaker's insights and career advice. We wish him smooth sailing on the next phase of his journey and thank him for his time as guest on the CIO podcast. For more awesome content, head on over to AICIO.com and be sure to listen to our other podcasts on the website, SoundCloud, and iTunes. I'm Chris Butera. You stay classy now. <laughs>